Hey everyone, my name is Meredith and I am host of Guiding God's Daughters Get Real Go Deep. And I want to talk to you this week about the broken beautiful because we live in this world that will tell you you have to have it all together. All you have to do is look at Instagram to see that. You have to be perfect to be good enough and all of life needs to be Instagram worthy, which is a lie. Life is not Instagram, life is messy. Things break, we break. We don't have to pretend we all have it all together because the truth is it's not being flawless that makes us beautiful. Oh, I'm going to tell you more about that. But it's bringing our brokenness to the Lord so he can make us beautiful in his way. And when God makes the broken beautiful, he takes what broke us and molds us into what he wants us to be for his glory and puts it on display in a broken world. So a couple things I want to um, remind you of um, kind of break down. So first is we have to trust that God can mold us. I don't know how much you know about the story of the potter's house, but in Jeremiah 18, the Lord sends Jeremiah to the potter's house to give him a message in verses three through six. So he says, so I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so you are in my hand, Israel. So we doubt the Lord can mold us like clay into a pot, but he does. We have to trust that he can mold us. Second is how he speaks. The Lord speaks the opposite of the devil. <clears throat> the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but God comes so we may have life. So in Genesis 15, 20, it says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So we don't save lives. God works through us and um, helps to save lives. So God works through us when we let him work the pain out for his good and Satan will use it to take you out. So you have to choose the voice that you listen to because you are being influenced by a voice, whether it's the voice of God or the voice of the enemy, you know, you are being influenced. So Psalm 34, 18 says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Now listen closely. What does the devil say? When you go through something bad, when something breaks you like a trauma, he makes you think that you will never recover. He will make you believe that God is far and that he'll never save you. But what does the scripture say? The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Lie from the pit of hell, enemy. This is the truth. That's what God does. You know, when I see someone who believes in Jesus that has had their hearts broken into pieces by some event or something that you just can't believe happened, you you know, I see them stand up and shine the light of Christ. There is no way that someone who has been through tragedy could be standing up without the light of Christ in their life. To me, that says that person has a close relationship with Jesus and they know that they are a vessel for his grace. You can see how strong someone is in their weakness because they'd never be able to do that on their own. So that's why to me, uh, you can look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 6 through 7. It says, for God, who said, let light shine of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. It's his light shining. 
within us. And as 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, Jesus said to, to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So when we're broken, what are we? We're weak. We are weak in the places that broke us, but he is strong and shines his light through those cracks. So that brings me to hiding your light. The enemy wants you to hide your light. He does not want you to recover. He does not want you healed. He wants you to hide your story. You know, so I'm just going to tell you right now, you are not meant to hide your light. Matthew 5.15 says, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and give lights, and it gives light to everyone in the house. You are meant to shine the light of Christ within you. So if the, if the Lord has delivered you from something, don't say it doesn't matter because it happens to everyone or it's in the past. First, I want to tell you that your pain, a kind of pain that is your own, a kind of pain that other women have been through. You may have different stories, but they've gone through it and they need to know how you overcame it with God's help. So other women need to hear your, your story, whether you believe they do or not. Second, if you keep it in the past and never share it, other won't, women won't be able to find hope in it. You may think that your story is nothing. You may think that it's not needed, but you're wrong. You, you, there are women. I'm not saying you have to get up and stand on a stage and speak, but there are women that need your story. You've got to be willing for God to use you as a vessel. I'm really passionate about this because I believe every area where God, you know, has come to me in my brokenness, he is using it. He used it. He restored my life and he's using it as a place for him to display his glory and help someone else. Um, you know, I think a lot of times, especially in the church, people have shame about going through something like a divorce. I share that because I was a child of divorce and I'm married to a man that's been divorced. So I know everything that goes with it, the emotions, um, the stigmas. And I think a lot of times people hide it and they don't tell anyone or at least safe people that, you know, ha understand what it's like to want to see Christ in it, despite the shame it it brings, um, but they often don't heal from it because they hide from it. And I truly believe that there are people that have stories of overcoming or that need to heal and they need the light of Christ and they need to not just say, oh, it just, it happened and I got over it. So my husband and I celebrate our 10th anniversary this week and each of us came from the broken space of a broken family. He'd been divorced and his parents were divorced. He was just divorced. I'd been through my parents' divorce. So recently, the Lord called us to co-lead with a friend, the Divorce Care Support Group at our church to help others going through it. Not because we have all the answers, but because the Lord has healed us and can work through us to help other people. Being vulnerable about your brokenness is a beautiful thing. It, it helps people see that they can be broken too in the presence of the Lord. I found a couple really amazing quotes on this. Sheila Walsh said, My brokenness is a better bridge for people than my pretend wholeness ever was. Henry Nguyen said, Our life is full of brokenness, broken relationships, broken promises, broken expectations. How can we live with that brokenness without becoming bitter and resentful except by returning again and again to God's faithfulness, faithful presence in our lives? Or how about this one? Brokenness is the bow from which God launches the arrow, bow, from which God launches the arrow of healing. That's Louis Giglio. We have to be willing to reveal our brokenness so God can heal us and work through us 
to help others. I think sometimes in the church, people think they have to look like they have it all together. And I think that creates a space where women who are seeking someone to help guide them through tough things feel like they can't find someone because there's no one being vulnerable. I'm not saying no one, but a lot of people are not being vulnerable about what they've been through. And um, so I want to tell you about this book I'm reading. It's called Organic Mentoring. It is so good. And it's my favorite topic, but it talks about how mentoring in the church, you know, needs to shift from, shift from program programming to something organic. And I think um, this includes the concept of a role model that is, is living and showing up in all their brokenness and all the good stuff, being vulnerable, being authentic, um, and not trying to cover it up. Like I have one of my mentees walk on my house and it's messy. Mm, excuse me. My house is messy. Like you don't, it's like, I think that vulnerability, whether it's in my story or in my surroundings or my life shows that I don't have it all together. And that gives a young woman hope. So I just want to read a couple pieces of this book. Um, it says, there's so much good. I have so much highlighted, but it says transparency is often, it's on page 124 if you end up reading the book. Transparency is often difficult for Christians. We rightfully expect each other to live up to God's standards, but sadly too often our failures bring rejection, which tempts us to hide our deficiencies, problems, and pain. One frustrated older woman described the situation this way, and it's, I love it because I think it's really what we're talking about. I think there is a huge lack of transparency in the church. We can't be real. I found my best Titus II ministry began when my eldest child flaked out on us and became a prodigal. Instead of hiding it, I decided I would be transparent about our struggles. Women flocked to me because as painful as it was, I chose to be real. If we are all perfect mothers, perfect lovers, and perfect churchgoers, we create a big fallacy where we leave no room for the Holy Spirit to work. Amen. And we operate by a system that only, only appears biblical. I think the younger generation sees the holes in this, calls it bunk, and does their own thing, and I can't blame them. And the next sentence after her, her, her quote is, dealing with our sin is part of the spiritual growth process. Um, it also says, when we guide our mentors' mystique, quote, quotes, hide specific faults and disclose only positive characteristics, young women find it difficult to relate to us. Remember, these are keep it real people. When we admit we don't have it all together, we simply agree with what the Bible teaches. We are all fallen people who desperately need God's grace and redemptive power. All of us. I add the all of us. Author Carol Brazo describes how God uses transparency. None of us is whole. None of us reached adulthood without broken places in our lives. We live in a fallen world and all of us yearn for the wholeness we were created to reflect. It is a gift of enormous measure to share our brokenness with others. Sharing allows others to see areas in which God is at work. It allows them into the healer's office to watch the miracles begin and reassures us the miracle we seek can be found at his feet. And the last line, not in her quote, says, Instead of losing credibility, you gain stronger standing when you share honestly about your life. Let young women see your problems and how you work with the Spirit to overcome them. Let them see how God forgives sin and how the everyday process of redemption and restoration takes place. 
Give her hope for recovery from her own mistakes. Allow her to see how God uses your experience to strengthen and conform you to the image of Christ. Back to that molding. Your faith experiences are a window through which she can see the work of God and biblical truths become more than ideas. They take on skin. There's so much more, but I needed to share that in this topic because I think we all need to get real. We all, it's why this whole podcast is called Get Real, Go Deep. You know, we can't help anyone if we think we have it all together or we think we have to have it all together. The next generation needs us to be authentic. And I'm only going to talk more about this because they're Need, they need us to be spiritual mothers who rise up from the ashes and get healing from Jesus. We bring our bro brokenness to the feet of Jesus and he heals us and we become spiritual mothers. And I'm not just talking about physical mothers. I'm talking about being spiritual mothers to young women that need, the, need you. They need to find out from us how they are God's daughters. And that means meeting them where he's met us in the brokenness. Friends, I hope this encouraged you. It encourages me so much. It gets me so excited to inspire other women that are my age, to encourage young women, to help them grow in their relationship with Christ. I'm going to start doing, actually, it's got me so excited. I'm going to be talking more about it, but I'm also going to be starting to do some mentoring in July, some one-on-one -on -one mentoring. I only have five slots actually now four. So um, if any of you are interested, it's a once a week meeting. And then once we get into the fall, we're going to be doing some more stuff. We're going to be adding some people. So if you're interested, go onto my website and message me. And um, I just hope you have a great week. Make sure you follow my podcast on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. And then follow me at Get Real with Meredith on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, Lord. I pray that the women who hear this get excited, get excited that we are in this time for a purpose, that you want to use us to shine your bright light into this dark world. Help us to be brave enough to share our stories. Help us to dig deep for the courage that we need to help other women just by walking out, just by being honest about what we've been through. Lord, I know you have women that are listening to this that are just on fire for you, and I just pray that they just they find find it in them to share um, and to just give you all the glory, Lord. We love you and um, we're just so grateful for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, have a great week. I'll see you next week. Bye.